0: You just said this, right? I have to take out hang out another 100-year candidate. I, I, <laughs> you said saying, that. What I'm saying is
1: I'd have to take out... OK, I'll take out Conor Reelan and Conor Reelan... That's, that's it.
0: it. I quit. Subscribe to the GA podcast feed on the OTB Sports app now. Yeah, very welcome back to the final hour of tonight's Off the Ball we are looking back on yesterday's All-Ireland Hurling Final won of course by Limerick with a 131-226 to victory over Kilkenny their third title in a row their fourth in five years the train keeps on rolling the Liam McCarthy has been presented to a massive crowd down at the TUS Gaelic Grounds this evening by John Kiley and co to look back on yesterday's final delighted to say I'm joined by two men who've gotten their hands in that particular piece of silverware uh, before in their relative respective Careers. Uh, Shane McGrath joins us on the line as does James O'Connor. Gents, you very welcome back to the show. Cheers, um, Hi Richie. Hi oh, How things? Welcome. Thank you, Shane. I'll turn to you first because it's like we we tend to veer as a society, as you know, in in the modern age, towards the kind of hyperbole and that the latest thing is the best thing since sliced bread, and you know it's the greatest thing since whatever. But there was a sense yesterday watching that Shane that we were actually watching something pretty special between those two sides.
1: Yeah, it was a serious game of hurling. Um, like 131, 226. I think it was the highest score in final um on record as well. And just if you look at like you look what was done from play as well, Richie, like you know, I mean, I just have their program here, you know, and like the Limerick half forward line alone scored one thirteen from play. Like it's phenomenal shooting, it's phenomenal return. Like, you know, as as I had you know, Garrot scored one five, Kyle Hayes four points, Tom Marcy four points. Mars scored four points, got taken off, you know. Uh, I tell you, if I I think one even some of my best games for tape, I, I never even scored four points. But I just maybe maybe it was a thing with the GPS, maybe it was going and maybe just feel he was running out of gas. And look, I I I think it was Kyle O'Neill or Conor Wylan that came on and they added a lot a lot of energy to it. But look, as a spectacle, as a hurling game, I thought the first half was a bit was kind of touchy enough. and, you know, Limerick still had one seventeen 17 the board and Kilkenny had 16 points on the board. And look as you like like I was just looking at Kilkenny's scores there like you know I mean they score 226 right they had 15 different scores like if you told any Kilkenny person this time last week you'll score 226 you'll have 15 different scores on the score sheet like I, I'd say that most of them would feel yeah we're going to win this and I was just going through the last 10 finals even that was enough just to, to win the 6 out of the last 10 finals and the last time Kilkenny scored more than that and all in the final was 2008 against Watford when they scored 330 and they still couldn't win the match. So I just think it was. I just, I just. What I'm trying to get across is like that. It was a serious game. Kilkenny really came to the party. They really showed up on the day. But it still just wasn't good enough to beat this awesome unit that is uh, that uh, Limerick at the moment, Richie.
0: Yeah, James. You. I mean, you scored 226 in the final, and you. You don't even say you expect to win it. But when you're going up against the side of the caliber of Limerick. It's just unfortunately one of those things where it's not going to get the job done, particularly with the level of scoring that we're seeing now on a pretty much a game by game basis in the championship.
2: Yeah, Richie, we scored one eleven, and it was good enough in nineteen ninety five. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they've won seventeen on the board at halftime. Um, yeah, I mean, like to score two twenty six, uh, you know, that thirty points normally gets it done, and. Um, Normally it's you know comfortably enough to get it done and then, like I felt all year watching Claire like that if they got to that level got to that that they hit that thirty point target they were uh, they were going to win the match so yeah I mean Kilkenny did so many things they needed to do um, particularly in that second half you know they they needed goals they got the goals they got level you know they were level with seven minutes I think left on the clock and you know really asked all the questions Richie and Limerick if I had to go to the well. You know, probably deeper this year than any other pre- any the the previous titles that they've that they've won. You know, Clare obviously asked serious questions in the Munster final. You know, the Waterford match was was a contest late on. Tip asked questions, and obviously the semi final with Galway. So you were wondering, you know, if Kilkenny could take them down the stretch again. You know, would they have the energy? Would they would they have the desire? Um, you know, the the, the hunger to to you know to dig deep and uh, you know they they surged five points clear, and that was that was their response and. That's the sign, I suppose, in a measure of the team that they are. So yeah, deserving champions. And I think like there's no there's no debate. The best team won yesterday and probably won by a margin that was probably a lot closer than arguably it should have been, because certainly at halftime you were wondering how were Kilkenny in this game because you know, Limerick appeared to have played so well. Lots of Kilkenny guys, you know, weren't weren't performing and yet I suppose, you know, particularly up front, TJ Reid just kept you know winning dirty ball and picking out the right pass and, and manufacturing freeze and nailing obviously everything and everyone those frees was a pressure free given that they weren't flowing the way that they'd have liked so um yeah a, a great final richie and you know kilkenny asked the questions and as i said you know hats off to with they, they had all the answers
0: shane that's that's the remarkable thing about that first half yesterday because we were watching it and particularly in around like the 20 30 minute mark you're kind of thinking all right, we've had the Groot Hegarty goal. He's, you know, clipping over points to beat the band. Limerick looked like they were were seriously well-oiled machine and this could be whatever they wanted to be. And a lot of people kind of looked at each other by the time the halftime whistle went, saw that Kilkenny were within four, still had the likes of Walter to come off the bench and figured, you know what, this isn't actually over. That's testament to how well Kilkenny actually managed to play up against that force of of Limerick in the first 35 minutes.
1: Yeah, the... They only had four wides in the first half. Limerick only had five wides. Efficiency was through the roof, I think, yesterday as well, Richie, which is massive kudos to two groups to be, to be the most efficient they were all year on the biggest of days. I think it's a great sign of composure and, I suppose, trust in the system. But I, I think it's also a great sign of lads saved their best performances for the biggest day. It's, it's a fantastic thing to be able to do. But, like, I was, like, you know, for me... Like, say, Limerick had, I was just looking at it here, they they 13 points from play in the first half, and Kilkenny had nine points from play in the first half, and it's gassed to think that almost half of that came from their half-back line. Like, Paddy Deegan had two points from play, Richie Reed had a point from play, and Mike Carey had a point from play. And then on the other side, then, you know, Derek Burns scored four unbelievable frees, and I think, lads, it's it got, it, I think it got lost in the absolute... Maybe brilliance of the game, but Dammer Burns actually scored a free from the edge of the D in Crow Park. Like, mm. I mean, it was a phenomenal strike of a ball. And people <clears throat> people probably say, you know, maybe the ball is too light and everything. I would be more inclined, maybe go to Like Damer Burns is is the best long-range ball striker in the game at the moment. and um, he hits it right out the middle every time, I suppose, you know. I love the golf. James, he loves the golf as well. We even got to play there recently together. And, like, I just watch these guys, you know, you you, you watch the, the likes of Rory, Marikawa, Speed. you know, Cam Smith, and it's right out the middle of the club. And I'd say if you looked at De'Aaron Burns' as hurley and the sweet spot, I'd say every ball is coming out right out the middle of his hurley, like, every time. And he's just nailing them. But, like, you know, any nine points from play, as I said, four them come from the half-back line. I just think the efficiency of TJ on the freeze as well. While Denver Burns is the best long range striker, TJ is probably probably the best free taker in the game at the moment as well. Galan is serious now as well, but like he got seven seven freeze in the first half. He scored every one of them. and uh, he missed one chance from play. But I just think that Kilkenny kept hanging in there, you know, because TJ is so good at the freeze. And you know, because of what they got, I suppose the return they got from the half back line. Disappointing for them, Richie, I suppose, is that mm. you know their 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 midfield was probably one area of the pitch that just it just didn't happen from yesterday. Keen Kenny scored one two from playing the semifinal, taking off. Connor Brown taken off as well. Like I felt Willow Dunham in particular really he really bossed that middle middle of the field yesterday. And I suppose that's kind of one area maybe Kenny will be a bit disappointed with them um, in terms of you know the first half, but like to still be only four points in it at halftime. It's you know it was a great sign of uh you know of the work rate and as well as i said the efficiency they had and um, shooting that goal as well like
0: james you mentioned there like 95 you won it with 113 Um we're talking about scoring 226 and not winning it obviously that factor of being able to shoot from range has become a huge one in in hurling and, and having those players like uh derma burns who are able to crack it over from 70 80 yards like it's massive but similarly it's not as if he's aiming at a target that is about 25 foot wide. What he's trying to do from that range of the pitch is absolutely incredible. And you factor that into as well, like we were talking in the office before the show, while people are able to take on those shots now, it's not as if he came away from yesterday's game thinking that those long range efforts were what dominated yesterday's game, which is testament to, I guess, the skills of, of both sets of players on show.
2: Yeah, I mean, again, players, players just, just as play what's in front of them and I mean Hugh Lawler at full back was outstanding Richie yesterday because Galan got you know plenty of good ball that he's feasted on in previous matches and his touch was a little bit off yesterday and you know obviously his knee was heavily strapped and you know he didn't look to be 100% but Hugh Lawler a lot of the time was you know was in the acres of space with him and you know the ball was to Galan's advantage and um, you know certainly it wasn't Galan at his best yesterday you know, he still obviously clipped over a few and got the freeze and, and, and was, you know, constant was and, and, and always required watching. But, um, you know, Limerick, I mean, Gerold Hagerty was shooting Richie and taking shots on that, you know, if they hadn't come over, you might have been questioning, what's, what's he doing here? But, I mean, he was strolling around nonchalantly hitting the ball over the bar from 80, 90 yards. And, I mean, to do what Hagerty did yesterday, I mean, seven points from play in the 2020 final. He won, sorry, 2-2 in last year's final from play and won five yesterday. Um. And to be able to produce those performances, Richie, you know, on the biggest stage under the greatest pressure, um, you know, speaks volumes for that guy's mindset and the strength, you know, mentally that he uh, that, that that he has, you know. So look at Limerick of Limerick of guys that. Just obviously Burns has been playing, you know, it's been great form all year and, and you're taking on those shots, Richie, because of the confidence that you have, and, and obviously it's something you've worked on. And and this Limerick Limerick believe, and I'm sure it's it's part of the game plan, etc., that if they get more shots off than the opposition, um, you know, they're invariably going to win the match. And, and say if you look back at the stats and look back at the you know, the shots the shots on, on you know at the post yesterday, Limerick probably had more shots at goal than the, than, than than Kilkenny did, and that's probably been the case all all year, and you know their efficiency levels. Uh, yesterday, if you keep your wide counts, you know, in single digits, uh, you know, you, you're probably you're probably going to win most matches. And you look at Galway, 19 wides in the semi-final, Clare at 24, um, and and you know you can't afford that those levels of inefficiency. So for Limerick and, and Kilkenny yesterday, you know, to have I think it was 10 wides apiece, and that's what's required on the big on the biggest stage. And uh, you know the quality of some of those scores that Limerick got from out the field yesterday was. You know, as good as anything we've seen in croke and particularly Hagerty. Um, and Burns, I mean, the one in the first half, again, where he, you know, caught it over own Cody's head and drove forward and nailed it. I mean, those scores are are inspirational. They lift the crowd and they lift they lift the team. Um, but every aspect, Richie, of of, of of the way Limerick play, I mean, their puck-outs, you know, the way they're constructed, the thought that's going into it, the planning that's going into it, and obviously then to be able to execute it um, time and time again, you um, you know is testament to the levels they've they've taken it to and every every year you know you're wondering can teams close the gap and limerick seem to be on a particular level and teams get to that level but then find that limerick have, have gone to another level again and that's that's the challenge facing everybody again you know to get to get stronger to get faster to get more efficient you know to get more you know more tactically aware in your own puckouts on their puckouts figure out ways how to stop them and um you know that's they look like again that they're not done and seen and, and listen to Hagerty after the game in particular. I mean, after, you know, playing for 75 minutes in that heat, and uh, he looked like he could have gone for another 25 <laughs> minutes. Um, and then, you know, to be as, you know, as grounded and as down to earth as he was and, and, and speak, as suppose, about the way, you know, the Dublin footballers have spoken and, you know, in, and Kilkenny hurlers in the past that, you know, this is like a drug to those guys. And uh, I said, that's bad news for everybody else, listening to him beneath you after the game and, and you know, what their mindset is going to be going forward.
0: Yeah, Shane, those players out there are kind of rare. Like, you, 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 they have that ability to... Time almost moves at a different speed for them. And you got that sense watching Grodh Hegarty yesterday, pretty much from the goal chance onwards. Uh, the speed of thought with which he executed that goal was sublime and then factor in as, as James mentioned several points that he knocked over after that like he seemed to be playing his own game in a way in, in amongst a fantastically well-oiled machine and um, but he did have seem to have that extra split second of time with which to make decisions with which to get shots away and was just exceptional really
1: yeah, there, I suppose a few things on the road, I think Hegarty I think the first thing is I remember I think I heard him doing an interview after about the 2018 final in which you know Limerick made the breakthrough and I suppose, you know, they broke that last seal and then they set up for the historic stuff they're after doing now. And winning the first one for them, it's always nearly the hardest, like, because it gives them the belief. But Hagerty did an interview after that and said, while well, he was absolutely thrilled that they won. He was actually disappointed with his own performance in that game. And, like, James, is had calling out his numbers, like, from the last three finals since. And it's, it's off the charts. But this guy's playing a different game to everyone else, lads. I mean... His physicality you know he's everyone a lot of people know he's a fantastic footballer as well he's an athlete but this guy can hurl like he's some stick man i mean we, we all talk about keen lynch's ability to flick that ball in his hand you know at pace and just make it look so easy i think he's doing it on a regular basis Um he doesn't go full tilt all the time you know he's kind of moving around ghosting around but you know he almost seems disinterested and then he's, he's gone and it's, it's too late for whoever's marketing because you don't know when he's going to go and when he's not going to go but you know, he, I, I, I feel that just even watching him in Crow Park, that he knows when he needs to go full tilt, when he needs to go 100%, and he knows when he can just ghost around and find that space for himself. He's one of the best in the game at doing it, Like, and even, even listening to guys maybe that, that would have marked him before. Like, I mean, he's very difficult to mark because of his physicality, his hurling ability, but because of that hurling brain, he has to find space, know when to make a run, know when to not, you know, know when to save energy for the next run. And, you know, he's, you know, he's, he's just, he's one of the most unmarkable figures in the game at the moment, you know, no matter what way you go about trying to mark him, if you go physical with him, he'll win it, you know, if, if you go toe to toe and try and go up and catch it with him, you know, you're, you're, you're not in there, like, so, and I also think the confidence he had in himself yesterday, because like, he didn't have the best of semi-finals, Richie, Mm -hmm. you know, for his standards now. And we're talking, you know, it would have been very, a lot of lads would be very happy with what they did in semi-final from Geroad, for a Garoad-Heggarty type game. But for his own standards, you know, to, we don't normally see him taking off a lot. He came off, like, I mean, to have the self-confidence, the first ball he gets in his hand after three, going on four minutes in an all around in a final against Owen Murphy, one of the best, and will be up there with the greatest goalies to ever play Hurland. There There's only one spot he could put it like, and it was, you know, maybe a two-inch squared window. And like to put it there exactly. And look, it set the tone for the game for himself. Then as James, he said, he just had one of those days then, you know, I mean, taking on these shots, one five from play, I think he two wides as well. Could have one seven, one eight from playing and an all in a final, but I suppose it's we're, we're used to this guy doing that now with the with the numbers as James, he gave you there from the finals. And as I said, lads, I, I, I really do think he's on a different level. I think he's playing a different game to a lot of the rest of
2: us at the moment. And yeah. James, I just, I just, I just, go on ahead, yeah. yeah. And just two things, Richie. I mean, number one, his touch for that first goal was... Unbelievable, um, and I don't know if Flanagan meant actually, you know, tore it to him. You know what I mean? It looked like it kind of did that. He just got a push; it was able to push it nearly without side of his right foot. Um, but I mean, the touch up into his hand was was just sublime. And that—that's a guy like that's just has absolute confidence in what he's uh, in what he's doing. So that's the first thing. The second thing is that, like, watching Morrissey and and Hager kind of run amok. In uh, you know the 2020 final and the the, the, the 2021 final, I think teams have realised that look, you have to man mark these guys. And I thought Clare and Galway had success uh, to an extent when they when they kind of put the shackles on on Morrissey and Hagerty. And when I say put the shackles on, you contain them and limit the damage as best you, as best you can. Um, and certainly, if there's one area that Kilkenny would look back on, it's it's just you know did they get it right tactically? Um, and did they get the matchups right? Well, that was um, going to be well, my yeah, that, that was, was going to be
0: my question to you, James. Like, was there a better way that Kilkenny could have gone about
2: mm-hmm.
0: marshalling um, Grode Hegarty Or when you have, like, I'm thinking of that. Like, if we we're talking about Man Markin. Like, Dan Morrissey fielded the ball in the second half, shooting into the Hill 16, and um, took it in one hand landed spawn sent it over and like one fluid movement like with a man literally right up his arse like there's, there's literally
1: no way you can defend there against was confusion, that, that Richie, cru- wasn't there like sorry no just say well, james was there yesterday at you know, all. i was there i i was even looking down to sideline and james i don't know if you saw this or not know where you are but i even think there was confusion with with cody and the management team is what are we going to do with these lads like like paddy deegan had scored two points from play but like hegarty had had one three one four scored like, he was getting up the field. So, like, James, he'll obviously touch on it, Richie. But I think there even was confusion with Kenny management as, what are we actually going to do with this fella? Like, because he goes back inside his own 65 sometimes. too, Richie, do you follow? Do you mm. stick? Do you twist? I don't know what James, he thinks as well, if he saw that now or not. Maybe maybe yeah, it was just me from where I was.
2: Yeah, that, that's, that's, but that's the challenge, um, Richie and Shane, because, like, as a wing-back, like, you know, you, you don't want to be 100 yards from on your own goal or, you know, leaving your leaving your full-back or or... or, or the two lads in your full back line, maybe on an island, and and, and that's like that's that's the conundrum that the players have. I mean, because you know you 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 allow him, you know you don't follow him beyond, mid- beyond midfield, and suddenly he's picking up breaks, and he's as I said he's 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 nailing shots from 80, 90 yards, and that forces you to come out, and you come out then and there's, there's suddenly 50, 60 yards of space in front of Galan, and there, the quality of the ball going in then you know leaves you exposed, and you're one slip. You allow slipped maybe once yesterday, and Galan has the ball in the back of the. The back of the net, so that's that's the tactical challenge that you that you face. But I I certainly thought you know on the puckouts, you know, Finton Burke did a really good job on Hagerty in the in the semi final. Now part of it was WrestleMania, Richie, and I mean you know like if you're a, if you, if I was a Limerick supporter that day, I'd have been screaming for a and for Finton Burke or screaming for the linesman to do something do something about it. And you no, know, listen, the Clare lads obviously there was a certain amount of maybe of holding and, and, and you could check and runs and stuff like that off the ball, but. But I, I think you have to man-mark the two-wing forwards. They've been so influential, um, you know, 12 points, I think, from play in the in the 2020 final. And I think uh, I think Morrissey got, I don't know, five points or whatever from play in last year's final. You know what I mean? So these guys are have been chipping in, you know, 1-8 yesterday with 11, 12 points from play between them in the London finals. And, you know, those guys doing that kind of damage, you uh, you know has to be curtailed, and that's why I, I was just surprised. And I just say, if Cody had it back, you know, would Mikey Carey have been a better matchup on Hagerty? And I think, you know, the the, the communication, particularly when you know, and the lads highlight on the Sunday game last night, when they're in the middle, you know, there's huge space, you know, on the opposite flanks, and um, you know, there are ways around that, you know what I mean. You can play, you can play zone, you can, you know, better communication, hand, handing them off if they cross, and, and so on, and certainly. The joy that Limerick had on their own puck out when they went long, um, you know, was was something I'd say that Cody, when he looks back on it, will feel that okay, if, if 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 we meet them again, this is something we have to we have to get a handle on. It's
0: it's like it's it's, it's exactly. a glaring it's a glaring issue. Like I, I was reading Sean Flynn's piece on, on the forty two today. It's fantastic as regards like tactical breakdowns and, and numbers and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Kilkenny players, he said, saw uh, they retained possession on thirteen of their thirty two long puck outs. Yeah, Limerick, by comparison, had thirty four long puck outs. And retain possession on twenty five occasions. Like you're, you're doing, you know, fifty percent better. Like it, it, that's just uh, bare facts. And and Shane, it, is it something that Kilkenny neglected to work on, need to work on, or is it a combination of the two? Because it's something that isn't sustainable against the likes of Limerick going forward.
1: Yeah, and I, I look. I think it's it's the Limerick factor as well. I think. Like Limerick haven't changed the way they played now, lads, for a few years like because it's it's worked but like lots of teams have tried different things to try and combat it and try and go against it and try and defeat them. James is right when he said you know Claire tried something they they tried that portion and squeeze and it did work. Galway tried it and look it did work you know it was very very close game like you know but everyone else is changing for Limerick if that makes sense like Limerick won't change the way they play because they have such a good core group of players there they're probably they're. I think they're the only group in the country that can play the way they play. Like you could be on about other teams and they bring back their wing forwards and they do this, but I mean if they're taking shots and they're and they're mishitting the ball or you know, you don't have the likes of a delivery for like, like a Declan Hannon or a Dermot Burns or these guys to, to hit that space that's left by the wing forwards. Not every team has that lets. So I think Limerick are the only way the only team that can play the way they do. I think they I I don't think they mind what way you go about it. Like if if you want to let them have the ball short, that's fine. Barry Nash is is as comfortable in the ball as anyone in the field. I think he's in hurler-deer territory, you know. And um, so, he, like if if you give him the ball and give him thirty yard forty yard space, he'll just he'll he'll pick off the space left or right of your extra defender, your sweeper, whatever you want to call it. If you want to go long, which Kilkenny did for the first half, and I think it was uh, just was kind of making a note of it up there yesterday. They went long seventeen times in the first half. Kilkenny, the only one six of them, and we were even saying a half time. I'm sure you were too, Jamesy. They have to change tack here, like. They have to stop going long because it's like, as JMG said, like burns his point when they went long. Like that's a killer, like that's a psychological killer. Like, I mean, the they're, they're wing back, they're, they're one of their talismans snaps the ball up the field, bang over the bar and the roar after it, like it was worth more than the point that went on the board. It was two, three points of a psychological blow, like to the opposite team, you know, Declan and Dan Morrissey, they were just getting bodies around every time they, they went long and, you know, Kilkenny did kind of change tack in the second half and it, it did work and they won the second half let's. Kilkenny won the second half two ten to fourteen points. and you know they they, they they tried to play a better ball or tried to get the ball to a zone, Richie, where they could hit space better rather than do this this thing of going long and hoping lads were going to win it. and look I, I I just think they don't mind what way they do it and like you talk about crowding out things and everything. it was fascinating. the last play of the game, and I think it's the genius of can work as well they knew they just had to get the ball dead or get it thrown or something. And you can see Paul Knurk and John Kiley, and he just roars at Hegarty and Kyle Hayes and the whole lot of them, all to push over to the Hogan stand side of the field. Nicky Quaid knows what's happening. He puts it long, and it was just the thing of, right, if he catch this and go up the field? Fair play to them. But we are just going to have so many bodies here. We're going to get the ball to ground. We're going to get make it a throw, and we're going to make it a sideline. That's exactly what they got, and they just killed the clock. And I think they knew once that ball went out for us sideline that the game was over I just thought it was a fascinating move right at the deck to have the composure from everybody to know that look this is what he wants us to do and you can see Paul Canorklads telling them all to get over to that Hogan Hogan stand down towards the hillside of the pitch Quaid puts it down on top of him and it's just um, it's a mass amount of bodies there and all Limerick want to do is kill the ball, get it to the ground, get it thrown, I thought it was I think it's a sign of real team that know exactly what they need to do when the pressure is highest like
0: Jamesy, before we go to a break, did Cody leave it too late to make that change as regards to send that ball in, that kind of ball, into Walter Welch from, from which they profited brilliantly? As, as Shane mentions there, they won the second half. Uh, they outscored Limerick in the, in the second period. And clearly they were going to cause them problems f- from that point on. Like, is halftime too late to make that change? Does going before halftime make it look like you're panicking? Like, what was the ideal kind of perfect point for them to, to make that switch in terms of their tactics?
2: I think there were only 4 points down at halftime Richie I mean and like and not having played well like like that was a good position to be in. And I mean mm. you know Clare were Clare were 4 points down I think to to Kilkenny after 20 minutes it was 9-5 and it was carriage in that last 15 minutes. You know so I mean they they you know, Kilkenny were 6 down I think you know heading into the 29th 30th minute. Um and you know you're just saying okay they need to if they could just get a couple of scores you know get to halftime within touching distance and they did that and stayed in was Cortell so I could I could understand the fact that you know he was going definitely obviously going to bring on you know Walter at some stage and you know when Richie Hogan was named in the 26th you're saying okay and the the rumors obviously in the world was that he was he was going really well in training I, I thought he might get game time against Clare so Cody I'd say had a, had a definite plan in place in terms or in his mind in terms of that he was going to bring. Bring these guys, uh, bring these guys on. But uh, I, I, yeah, I, I think. Look at halftime. I was fine with that. Four points is nothing in a hurler match. Um, and the Kilkenny forwards. I mean, there was lots of rotation. You know, they were they were clearly trying to get mismatches. Um, you know, get Walter maybe. You know, on Barry Nash. You know, Limerick then would. You know, would if, if that happened. You, you know, there was communication and it was Dan Morrissey. Where's Walter? Get over. Get Dan Morrissey over on over on Walter. And there was a like even for for um for Billy Ryan's goal. You know, there was certainly Billy Ryan found himself in a lot of space. There was a little bit of confusion. Um, you know, Burns was drifting back in trying to cover for I don't know was it Mike Casey, whatever, and Billy Ryan was free and had lots of space. And okay, fortunate to get the shot the shot off the way the cover was the cover was closing. But I mean um you know Kilkenny Kilkenny did ask a few questions. And I mean like they scored two twenty-six Richie. You know I mean you you score two twenty-six you know, it's it's hard to look at your, you know, your offensively, um, you know, your forwards. And, and, and certain, some of their forwards didn't play particularly well. But you, you posted a tally that should have been good enough to win the game. The, 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 the problem probably was that, you know, you just didn't do a better job at the, at the opposite end. And only two weeks. I think if Cody had longer, um, they might have been better prepared. But, I mean, you know, they only had the two weeks. And, you know, Claire played Limerick in the Munster League. Claire played Limerick in the league this year. Claire played Limerick in the round robin. You know what I mean? So Richie, you've you've had lots of opportunities, you know what I mean, in, in terms of watching how they play, coming up against them. Um and Kilkenny obviously haven't met Limerick in the championship since twenty nineteen. And I don't think played them in the league um you know this year, and don't don't mind to play them last year either. So, you know, that that degree of familiarity maybe wasn't there. And it's fine, you can watch the tape and you can watch the games, but it's only when you, you know, play them regularly, you maybe find out. Okay, that's that that guy doesn't play well on Demer Barnes or this guy is a good matchup on Hagerty. You know what I mean? So so Claire would have had that in their locker. Um, and the Munster teams maybe do. and um, you know, Kilkenny didn't, and maybe, you know, that was a factor as well and more so, I suppose when you look at, you know, there was only two points in it at the end.
0: It's interesting on the preparation time, right? I'm probably expanding on it just after the break. A few texts in already Five three one oh six. Are we talking enough about the Hegarty goal, lads? I've never seen anything like it, uh, says Derek. How quick he picked up the ball and galloped through the Kilkenny cover in one fell swoop and that finish against the best shot stopper in the game, I think, it was better than his Munster final goal. Thank you for that one, Derek and Paul in Dublin. Uh, this is a really good question, actually. Lads, am I right in saying that this is a very well liked team by the people in the game? Usually they'll be, uh, have been turned on after four All Ireland's. But other than some nonsense about foul play, I get the impression that everyone really likes the lads involved, and indeed the manager. Salient point, Paul. Five three one zero six. The text. You can tweet us as well. at off the ball. More from Jamesy and from Shane after these. Welcome back. We're looking at yesterday's All Ireland hurling final win for Limerick over Kilkenny. Shane McGraw and James O'Connor join us on the line uh, just before the break. Read out a text from Paul in Dublin, which suggested that Limerick are one of the most well-liked teams in recent memory. And uh, for those who are watching us uh, online on YouTube or indeed on the OTB Sports app, may have seen a little bit of a smile from one James O'Connor. James, are you, are you maybe slightly not agreeing with Paul in Dublin's assessments know, no. that they're a well-liked we, team. We, or?
2: We we love this Limerick team in Clare, uh, which <laughs> love them, you know? and uh, and I'm sure I'm sure Shane will concur that the Tip Lads, tip lads are in love with them as well. We're, we're, we're uh, thrilled in yeah. We're tip, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there is a sense though that they're, they're like they're, like, would you think of when Dublin were getting to four, maybe it's because it's Dublin, and it's the size of Dublin, and there's a, a Dublin against the rest of the country kind of elements to it but there doesn't seem to be the same and I don't know if that's the element of if forgiveness is probably the wrong word but the fact that they won in 2020 in front of nobody and they won in you know it was last year in front of you know a half a crowd or two thirds of a crowd this time around it kind of seemed like they get their valedictory lap that they probably deserve for the last couple of years and then next year we'll talk like next year is when alright now They've had their fun now, we'll move on and see how well liked they actually are. It, it would would that be the sense I'm getting, Shane, or am I way off there?
1: Yeah, no, look, I, you're right, Richie. I, I just think it's the characters on the team. They're they're just they are they are like, you know I I look, I'll be honest, look, we're 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 very envious of what's going on in Limerick at the moment. No oh, more so than Claire or Cork or anyone are because like, they have an unbelievable bunch, like and you know, they waited a long time for it and now they're they're in dreamland, like. And I think, you know, all the real genuine hurling people in Limerick realise that someday this won't be the case. And they are absolutely enjoying every minute of it. And rightly so, they're dead right to them. We'd be the same in tip and and would sure James would be the same in Claire, like, but I just think it's the characters on the team that, I think they're such likable characters. Like, I mean, we see Sean Fien and, and Keen Lynch there, like, and they're the two of the best hurlers Limerick have ever had. And they always have a smile on their face. And I think people love seeing that. I think they love seeing the human side of it. I think they love seeing the, I love seeing lads enjoying playing hurling. I, you know, john kyle he's, he's such a likable guy as well as their manager you know he's he wears his heart on his sleeve you know what he's done you know what in 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 his job as well like you know a lot of people are around tip you know will obviously know that you know he's a principal of the abbey down in tip town and the way he conducts himself and carries himself there like so people really i think people just really like the characters on the team and obviously they're they're hurling in 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 a way that everybody else is playing catch up for the last four or five years and you Know, I, I that's that's why I think Richie. I just think mm-hmm. it's it's you know, I just think it's the characters in the team. I think people really like these people, we really like this team. You know, obviously, Limerick people love this team. But when I talk about people like all around the country or all around, you know, all around the world that are following GAA, they just love this team because of the characters on it, no more so. And they loved Jamesy's team because of the characters on it, like because of Dalo, like Jamesy or Shawnee Mack, Ollie Baker, PG O'Connell. They just they love that team and they love Loch name. And I think it's something similar like because of the characters and because of the way they're playing and they're taking the game to a new level. And I think people just just really, really like the group because of all those things I've mentioned.
0: There's an identifi- identifiability factor, I guess, James, is
2: is Shane's point there. Oh, yeah, listen, I mean, you have to earn respect, Richie. And, um, you know, this team, I think, has earned everyone's respect, uh, you know, not just in terms of in a way that they, they carry themselves, you know, how grounded they are and, and all the things you'd, you'd want in a winning team. And I think, look at that, mm. you know, teams look back at our, our other successful teams and, and how they carry themselves. And I suppose the humility that the Dublin footballers would have shown under Jim Gavin in terms of, you know, leaving the dressing room you know, they the, the hadn't people clearing up after them, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, that was important. Richie, I'm going to have to plug in a charger here. This battery's going to go. So we <laughs> might just go to Shane for a no, second.
0: No worries. We'll turn to you, Shane. Like there is certainly an element of this Limerick team are, like we we mentioned it earlier on when we were talking about the the, the rugby and the Tour New Zealand and even harking back to when we were talking to Jack Cooney, Westmead last last week. There seems to be a through line of enjoyment and bringing a level of enjoyment to how you prepare for games. And I guess that's what a lot of people will be envious of is that you seem to be able to or these teams seem to be able to enjoy themselves be aware of themselves and have a good time while still performing at levels that are just deemed absolutely exceptional by anybody's standards.
1: Yeah, they're right Richie, yeah. that's that's it. Man in the head there like they're they're loving it like. They're loving it as players. Like we whether they're feeling the pressure or not, we don't see it like it's very very rare they don't they don't perform, you know. Um I was looking through it there since Kilkenny bit them, and that was only one loss they had in 18 knockout championship matches was Kilkenny in 2019 semi-final. And what happened that day was they just they just weren't they weren't ready for that. They weren't ready for the first quarter that Kilkenny threw at them in 2019, I think, you know. And um, I think they're 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 a serious, serious group. And as James said, like they've earned different respect. Like they won all Ireland in July, August. Uh, they've won All-Irelands in December. Do um, you know what I mean? It doesn't it's matter days, year it? Or what's going on. Like I mean, they've, they've, they've answered all the questions. And I suppose, you know, I, I know John Kiley, I, I know he has, He would say to them that they are Limerick players going on and off the field. And I suppose there was a few stories there, you know, with, with things that went on with different individual players. And even this year, a player stepped out of line. And I suppose the standards that the players hold for themselves and that John Kiley holds for them as well as Limerick Curlers, and that 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 player is as you know doesn't get his all in the this year, like be, be, because of it, you know he stepped out of line, and there was no question about it that he, he had to go. Like so, that's maybe another reason, Richie, why people are looking at him, going, "Oh, well, these boys, they, you know they they talk to talk, but they walk the walk as well." And if 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 it's not good enough, you're just not part of it. And that's it. And look, the other the other thing, Richie, I just say quickly, maybe as well that. I, I hope this group gets to enjoy their All Ireland victory. It's the first time in three years we able to enjoy it properly, without someone sticking a phone in their face every two seconds. And if they're having a drink at a bar, or if they're with their buddies and and they're, they're whatever they're doing, or, or they're with their family and friends, and I just think it's one thing that kind of that kind of irks me nowadays that teams be successful or not, or when they're in the spotlight. And we've all made mistakes in life, Richie, but I just think. Someone is constantly filming something or doing something. I hope that people, when they see them, that they allow them to have their good time. And I don't know how you felt about it, Richie. I was a bit, I was a bit, bit peed, bit peed off about that video going around about two boys over in New Zealand. Like, okay, I, I, got it on my phone. I got to sit down by someone. And, You know, you look at it, but then yeah, I suppose the sports person side of you looks back and goes, "Jesus, are, are like, are they not entitled to have their night out?" Yeah, look, I mean, we've we've all made mistakes, as I said, and sometimes you go out and. And, and maybe have a drink too many, like. But I mean, ninety nine percent of the population do it, and there's no issue. But I suppose because these people are in the spotlight, and you know, it just gets amplified. And I suppose, look, that comes with the territory. But I just really hope that we we don't start seeing stupid videos going around now about whatever teams win any of the All Irelands, be it in in hurling, Camogie, ladies football, you know, Kerry and Galway next week. That that people just just let them enjoy the enjoy it because Jesus, they really have earned it. Like you know, no more so the Ruby Boys have earned it. To let the hair down, the, the, the Limerick lads and and whoever will be successful, as I said, have earned it too. So I just you know I suppose it's something that I was just thinking about there, um, over the last couple of days, like
0: yeah, no, well said. I think they'll have a, a far more forgiving uh, audience and a far more um, reciprocal audience around them. Uh, perhaps down in Limerick when they're enjoying their celebrations, don't nobody will really want to to drop anybody in. a fingers crossed, uh, what you mentioned there holds to be true. But Jamesy, we talked about the the age profile of the Limerick team, um. There is a sense that, like what we talked about earlier right on the show, that there's, you know, in the next five years, we talked about four, four in the last five. There's probably at least another two, three. Um, like you mentioned in the lead-up to the final, like, yes, the pack are closing in, but Limerick still do manage to keep teams at arm's length and finding new ways over the last three years, especially, to keep teams at arm's length. And they're regenerating. Like uh, we saw their bench, uh, the people who came off the bench yesterday as well, managing to do that too there's there's a couple more All-Irelands in the next five years in this team if they keep trucking on it the way they do it's a matter of desire I guess from this point onwards
2: yeah that's a, a totally depressing scenario actually, from a, from a <laughs> sorry to bring you down <laughs> Yeah, no listen I mean on a, on, a, on a serious note yeah I mean listen to Garot Agerty as I said his, his interview and I'm sure you know it could have been Sean Finn it could have been Keane Lynch it could have been Declan Hannon you know any of those guys you know look at they 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 say the right things. Um, you know, they're obviously a rock solid bunch of guys and they're ambitious and they're hungry and they know themselves that, listen, so many of the pieces are in place for these guys to continue to be successful. And, uh, you know, you, you, Tommy's often said on, on, you know, with you guys that Tommy Walsh, it's, it's a drug, you know, and I think Tommy said that, uh, you know, losing the five in a row didn't matter to him because it was the next one he was he was interested in, you know. So these limit guys now, like if they go bottle that feeling, Richie, that they had in that dressing room after the game, or on the pitch when it's just them, the group, the management, you know, the 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 physios, the, the you know, the core group of people that that you you know you spend months preparing and, and doing the hard slog with, um, you know that that feeling, uh, you know, as I said, it's just it's just nirvana, or whatever, and and you'd love to be able to hold on to it, and you know, and it's getting back and 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 you know, getting into that same place again. That's the drug. That's what the the serial winners crave, and that's. And, and as the these Limerick guys now have, have had a taste of it and, uh, you know, I, I think that'll absolutely be their mindset. They'll be mad to get back again next uh, next January. And the way, the way the split season works now, um, you know, it's not like, you know, you're finishing up in September and suddenly, you know, you're into a group and club campaign and the league is starting again then in early, you know, early January, February. And, you know, I, I think they will have time probably to, you know what I mean, to recharge the batteries and, and you know, regain the appetite and, and go again. And, look at that they did what they did this year for the most part without the reigning hurler of the year Mm. you know you're assuming he's going to be back next year Kyle O'Neill again will be a year a year on in terms of his development um you know they just they just need one or two young players coming through and every every club player in Limerick now um is is asking himself what do I have got what do I have to do to be a part of this you know so that that raises the standards all over the county and that's 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 only going to help them, you know, remain where they are at the, uh, at the top. So, you know, financially, the support of JP, you know, obviously what they're doing, you know, in terms of their academies, their development squads, you know, their underage, everybody now is on the same page. And, and you know, Shane Dowling, I think, said it last night, that behind it all, Paul Kinnerk is just, you know, the best coach in the game, bar none. We've never seen a guy, I think, like this before, you know, who just sees things differently, who challenges Players who challenges everybody, you know, and 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 like Caner, Caner could be looking for again the next edge, and um, you know, uh, that's that's uh that's that gives Limerick every chance of adding to this, and yeah, clearly they're not done, and but that said, Richie, things can change too, you know, injuries. I, I thought the two things that could derail them this year were injuries to key players, and obviously Keen Lynch you know, fell victim to that this year. Um but I mean if Dilmer Burns had gone down or, or you know, or or, or Hagerty or Kyle Hayes gets suffers a long term injury, does a cruise or breaks a leg or something, well you know, that's that, that, that sets you back, and that gives that gives uh, you know fuel to the opposition as well. So,
0: and that's the first thing. The second yeah.
2: and the second thing then is the hunger. I think I've addressed that. That that's that's something. I think that look at these guys. These guys are prepared to do what it takes to get back uh, to get back to where they are. So yeah, look at they're, they're well set as well set as any team there to be in this position has ever been.
0: Yeah, frightening stuff. Uh, Shame before we let you go as well. Obviously, the big news this evening is that Liam Cahill has been appointed the the new Tipperary manager, um, succeeding Colin Bonner, who uh, I guess a week ago uh, was relieved of his duties. Um, first of all your reaction to Cahill's appointments and second of all has this thing in Tipperary been handled all that well I think it's left a, peop- a lot of people uneasy the speed at which this has happened and the terminology that was used around Bonner's departure in particular
1: yeah I I, 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 I wouldn't feel bad about how quickly it was done I think it's the right thing I think there was a quick turnover down in Cork as well like um, with Pat Ryan coming in you know it's like, what do you want, Richie? Like, I mean, uh, from my point of view, the club championships are getting going here now. Next weekend, the tip, the divisional championships are all played here and the county championships are getting going. And sure, the tip, like, if, if, if they were to wait, you know, and they let start letting club championships games go on and next thing you know, you're not able to have interviews, you're not able to have people in. And look, like, Lean Cahill is, is the man for the job right now. Like, and I'm, I'm personally delighted that he's, that he's in as quick as he is, you know. I read the statement there this evening. Mikey Beavins is in wow. with him. That was that was a certain, you know, a certainty that that was going to happen. They've been a great successful team with Tip and you know what they've done in Watford as well. Um, you know, you hear a lot of rumors going around, Richie, a lot of stories about the Waterford way things worked out this year. I was down in Ennis the today that Waterford played their last round robin game and I suppose their last game under League Cattle as a manager, and they just seemed a bit lifeless, you know, then you hear stories that they trained awful hard, maybe too hard during the round robin side of things. But look, these are all rumors. Um, as regards to the way the thing, the Colin Bonner thing was hand, handled. Yeah, maybe it could be done a bit better, but I suppose the other side of it is like, I mean, someone will go in and they'll do their best, but, and as Colin Bonner did, as a player, all he did down at WIT, he was at Wexford, Carlo, I'm sure he went in and did his best. I'm sure, that, no doubt about that, but look, it's, maybe your best just isn't good enough for, for a particular job or a particular group, and it just, it didn't seem to be this time, and when Tommy stepped away and Paul Curran stepped away, I think it was an inevitable that, you know there was going to have to be a new there was going to be a new manager as well mm-hmm. and uh you know the way it was handled look i suppose no more so than the players as i said you know being on uh, being on nights out and these things they make mistakes when you put yourself up to be an inter-county manager and first it is a ruthless ruthless job at the moment more ruthless than it ever was being with social media and everything you hear everything back now so look colin bonner will be, he'll be disappointed you know he, he made that very clear that he is disappointed the way the thing has been handled but look for for Tip Herlin, I think it's a great appointment. I think Liam Cahill, Liam Cahill will bring in his own stamp. I think he's had great experience in Watford. I think he'll learn from what he did with Watford as well. And he, he wants this job. There's no he made no secret about that. He wants this job and he'll come in and he'll bring his backroom team in. And might be, you know, maybe there might be a couple of surprises who'll be in the backroom team, who knows? But I I know that you know the the, the temporary players and the Tipperary public, you know. In particular, Tipperary Republic now, Richie. They, they really need to start getting behind this team again. They really do. Um, really need to start following the team, really need to get out now and, and get get behind Lean Cal and get behind the boys. And look, I I I'm 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 delighted with it. I, I'm excited and I look forward to the year ahead. And I think I think Liam Cal will will, will will do a great job with the with the players. And look, the players will have to step up now as well, because I think a lot of the players wanted this guy as a manager too. And they have their guy you now as manager and they'll need to step up and, and put in the performances like so. And I have no doubt that he will. So look, for me, happy days. Yeah. New Cahill manager. Hopefully a good 2023 to come. Please, God.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm sure James, is. You've, you've added to his list of people he wants to see do badly in Munster now, next season as well. Uh, but for now, Shane McGrath, James O'Connor, thank you so much for your time this evening. Cheers. Richie. Richie,
1: thanks.